Hi there, friends. Welcome back to the Bible Project Daily Podcast. And we're closing out this opening part of Genesis chapter 26 today, which we've been considering the faithfulness of God when laid alongside our fickleness and our failures. Now, in my introduction to the recent series of episodes that we've looked at together at this section of scriptures that covers these first 11 verses of Genesis 26, I mentioned that on more than one occasion, people have come to me and asked me, if I keep sinning or I can't stop sinning, can I still go to heaven? And uh, well, what's the answer to that? Well, I believe the answer is, of course, yes, you can still get to heaven. The question, however, for some people that sits on the other side of that coin then becomes, does that mean if I just stop sinning that I can get to heaven? Now, I wonder if there's any of you out there who are listening to this who can think, you know what, I think I can stop sinning. Well, I hope not, because that is not something that any of us can do in our own strength. And anyway, that's not what the Bible teaches at all as a way of getting to heaven. The Bible very simply teaches the reason that we can get to heaven is only because we acknowledge that Jesus Christ died and paid for our sins and that he arose from the dead. And if we trust in him and trust in that, we can then get to heaven. But only because he paid for our sins, not that we stopped sinning first. This is how one gains the gift of eternal life. One of the most famous verses in the whole of the Bible tells us that in John 3.16, which says that for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. That's a covenant. That's a promise, just like the one that was given to Abraham here in Genesis. But here in the New Testament, it becomes the new covenant. The new covenant, although it's new in the sense that it came and was fulfilled in the New Testament, that promise was offered and first described in the Old Testament, in Jeremiah, and it's repeated elsewhere as well. And of course, then under the New Testament and the comings of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's repeated many times not just by in the words, but in the teachings of Jesus himself in Matthew, Mark and Luke. And that's why it's called the New Covenant. And in this New Covenant, God has said, because the Lord Jesus Christ, my son, died for your sins and arose from the dead, you now, by trusting in him, have a way to gain eternal life. And that promise still holds, even if you fall short, even if you sin after acknowledging that event in your life. Now I've talked to people for nearly 50 years about this promise, about this good news that's contained in the New Testament, but I still have to tell you that most people that I meet day to day think that you get to heaven by living a good life. But how can anyone know that they've done enough right things to make themselves right with God? Good luck trying to figure that one out on your own. Of course, everybody thinks they've done good stuff. In fact, some people will have done good acts in their life. But by doing so and relying on that, what they are actually doing is they're hoping that God will grade their lives on a curve, hoping that he will measure them against the sins of other people and their good works. In other words, he hopes that God will think you are better than someone else. 
But the Bible's clear, friends. God does not grave on a, a curve. He does not compare us to any other human beings. God grades on the standard of his own righteousness. And by that standard, well, we all fail. We all fall short of the glory of God. But then there are also people who think you can get to heaven by maybe being very religious, by thinking that you can do stuff to shift the balance, as it were. So they go to church, they read their Bibles, they pray, they maybe even give money to good causes. Now, good for you if you do any or all of those things, and many people will benefit from it, as will you in this life, but it is not the standard by which you will be judged when it comes to gaining access to heaven. Because being religious has absolutely nothing to do with going to heaven. Read Romans chapter 4 verse 5 or Titus chapter 3 verse 5 where it clearly says not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy by which he saves us. But if people embrace this idea that their sin will not act as a barrier to gaining heaven anymore providing they acknowledge Jesus doesn't this appear on the surface to give people a license to sin or to carry on sinning right? Well, I would say wrong. And there are a couple of very clear, straightforward answers to that. One is that if you really, really understand that God has given you the gift of eternal life, then out of gratitude, you will naturally want to stick as closely as possible to him and live a godly life. Remember that little phrase that was in this passage when it says, I will be with you always? when he said that to Isaac well that's the key under the new covenant as well that's the key here once you really get to know the Lord once you acknowledge him and bring him into your life you will want him to remain with you always that's the motivation that's the main motivation but there are others many others because as you grow in your knowledge of God by spending time with him being in prayer with him learning his word from the Bible then as you learn you will no longer want to pay any more attention to sin. As you grow in the knowledge of God, you will not wish to do anything that would separate you from the love of God and Christ. So we don't get to go to heaven by somehow quitting sinning. We get to go to heaven by the grace of God. And that is the point of this passage right back here in Genesis and the promise that is made to Isaac. God is going to fulfill his promises. It's here, clearly, in the case of Abraham and Isaac, in the fact that he's going to give them the land and to bless them and to be with them and to multiply their seed through which the Messiah for everyone on the whole planet would come, which then, of course, becomes the new promise with the fulfillment and the arrival of the Messiah in the New Testament, a promise that he will now forgive potentially all of us of all of our sins and grant us eternal life and God is saying that he will always fulfill his covenant no matter what even when we fall into sin now a lot of people out there when they hear the gospel distilled into that pure essence like that a lot of people don't like it a lot of religious people don't like it and I would suggest that they don't like it because they really don't understand the grace of God and they don't understand the potential for human depravity. And they try and place themselves above and beyond and make themselves better than other people 
in their own eyes and they hope in the eyes of God. But in this story, it is given there and it's to remind us and to ensure us that the promise God had given to protect, stayed in place, even to the point of protecting Rebecca when Isaac lied about his relationship with her to Abimelech. God's faithfulness to his past promise could be counted in the present and it can still be counted in the days into our futures. What he has done for the ancient fathers here, he still promises to do for us, his children today. So believers today also have a covenant. They have a promise, a new covenant, and there is nothing that we can do on our part that is going to break that promise on God's part. Now, sin, of course, will have its consequences, even for believers, even for those who trust in Christ and for the saints of God, that sin will have its consequences in this life, but it will not, it will never invalidate the promises of God. Even when we're fickle and we fail, God will remain faithful. God says, I'm going to remain faithful always to my promise to save. And I think that's one of the most profound truths in all of the Bible. God remains faithful even when we fail. And for that, friends, well, we should be truly thankful. Okay, that's it for today. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll pick up the text again next time in Genesis 26, verse 12. We'll begin a new section. Thank you so much for joining me. And I hope you'll join me right back here tomorrow or the next day, whenever that is for you in the Bible Project Daily Podcast. Bye-bye for now.